Welcome to Podcast with Cooper Cherry. Today I have AJ Norton joining me. AJ hosts a podcast here in Austin called Psychological Warfare with AJ Norton. So AJ, welcome to the studio today, my friend. Thank you, Cooper Cherry. <laughs> um, so the first topic is, of course, grabbing headlines nationwide, obviously in the city of Austin, is that we have a we have some type of Unabomber situation going on within the city limits. Um, so there were, I think going back to March 2nd, there were packages left at a few um, victims' homes, and two people have been killed so far. Um, then Sunday, this Sunday, or most recent Sunday, in an affluent neighborhood nearby, actually probably, I don't know, perhaps five miles as the crow flies, uh, away from from where I live, there was a a bomb that was went out that was triggered by a tripwire, and two young men in their twenties were injured. They were walking like I think one was riding a bike and the other one was walking in the grass or something like that, and both sustained some serious injuries. But I think they are in stable condition. There's they're not in critical condition. It was not life threatening, but definitely severe injuries. Then it was discovered last night in a nearby community called Schertz, which is um, it's actually in between San Marcos and New Braunfels. So there was a package addressed for Austin that was supposedly shipped here and from Austin as well. I think that um, this location in Schertz acts as like a hub for FedEx. And so this package blew up on a conveyor belt as it was being processed, and I think one person was injured. And so then, uh, supposedly that package originated from an area, there's a FedEx Kinko's office here in, uh, was it, is it Spring Valley? Yes. Uh, so. And so that, that place is, that location is actually not too far from me either. I've actually used that place in the past to, to print out documents and such. So there's news cameras, and there's a ton of activity over there. I think the FBI was there uh, investigating the scene all day. Mm-hmm. No, the the only thing that was such a great explanation, Cooper, I have to add to it is I read an article on The Intercept, and it focused mainly on thinking it was a race issue. And I believe the first two packages, which I killed two people, were sent to black households. Correct. Yeah, I so think a black and Hispanic. The, that was the justification on on that article. But other than that, it seems that there's not much else known than just the whole diatribe you just laid out. Right <laughs> yeah, because I think so the the latest two or the latest bomb went off in a more affluent neighborhood in so, southwest Austin. And I think initially the first two packages were in more of a north to northwest Austin location. So but now we were just listening to NPR, and they have a—they believe they have a package. This, the same location sent two packages. One blew up, and they have one package untouched, unblown up, and they are going to investigate that. Right, which could lead, you know, hopefully will provide some leads. I would think that you know, some type of device like this, you know what I mean. I think there's a signature associated with like the the materials, like the fissile materials. But I actually had heard an expert, too, on NPR earlier this afternoon was kind of pointing out that this person probably has a num- a, ca- a pretty big cache of devices already built and constructed already. 
and will probably continue until he's run out of, of these devices and so forth. So yeah, that's uh, another thing to to be worried about. <laughs> Psychopaths. No, I am. You just made me think of like those movies or those newspaper articles where they find that they that they've hid like thirteen kids in a basement well, and they haven't been out of the house for twelve years. And it's like to have that kind of thinking is kind of what shows my mind how psychopathic you need to be or sociopathic. Um, but yeah, definitely concerning. I. I don't know how. How do you feel about it? Do you like? Are you are you bothered by this at all? I'm um, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit on shaky ground. I mean, I'm trying to maintain a sense of ironic detachment, but uh, you know, when I'm confronted with the real, and I have to realize that I I do have a body, and I do not do not want shrapnel to all the nail. I think it's just nails. I was hearing nails were in their bodies, the metal, yeah. And- I agree, dude. It's so tough because I think, you know, you and I are young and full of energy and you think you're invincible. I just don't want to get shrapnel in the junk. You know what I mean? I'd rather just get blown up and just like... That's what your visceral thought goes to. Exactly. I I don't want to just get my my balls blown off, so to speak. Yeah, that's a one-time no-no. You know what I mean? Your leg, I believe, can recover. Your balls... I I would rather just die than be really? okay. than be like seriously maimed. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, dude, it's tough, dude. I, that would I think it would hurt a little bit. I'm more afraid of of the pain than anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I'd be worried about both the pain and the after effects, just of um, love life and. But yeah, that, if you could, if I could run, because I run a lot, dude. Um, personally, it's tough for me to internal. I I. On a psychological level, I haven't internalized the fear, but I understand the reality of the situation that this could happen to anyone. But you right. really don't internalize that until the bad shit, crazy thing that happens to one in a million people happens to you. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, we're probably in more danger. I was talking to a friend last night and he was like, yeah, you know what? You're probably more in more danger or the odds are higher of you dying in a car wreck or something on the way to work. The odds are... The, so it's... I used to... The nature, sorry, what was I was going to say, I, I used to do Boy Scouts and like two people a year die from a bear attack. <laughs> people constantly talk about bears when they're on, atta- when they're on, um, when they're on hikes. Out in the field. When they're on the field. Yeah. If you applied that same thought to cars, you should be going through a parking lot like, oh, oh, oh scared of the right. cars because like 40,000 people, you know, one of the biggest causes of death, not in the top, maybe not in the top five, but... Um, more than 10,000 people get killed every year by cars. So yeah, probably more danger of that, but I don't know, just the, I don't know when it's some just crazy fucking random circumstance. Like that's to me is maybe the biggest existential fear is just like, there's just a certain probability of this happening. You know what I mean? And there's not a whole lot you can do. Obviously, you know, be more vigilant if there's, Mm -hmm. you see something suspicious Mm-hmm. Report it like those guys. What a tripwire at night. Yeah, jeez, Jeez, I'm fucking tripwires, dude. dude. Like I bicycle around all the time. What the fuck? I've got to look out for. It was one thing when it was packages, right? Because mm-hmm. that's something that you can kind of like, you know, it's mm-hmm. easy to like sort that well, out. They were unmarked because, like, again, it seems like because they blew one up at the at the FedEx and these people just picked them up. It seems like they've. It's not much handling, not much force will make it explode. Well, um. 
implode it will explode and so yeah check the box if it's not for you they just put it out there right i'm i'm not ordering anything from amazon anytime soon i'm putting all my deliveries on hold okay this I think this has you more than it hits me, but I'm just in the city and my apartment. Like I live in an apartment complex, and they check the packages for me, so they're dying first. So I, way to go, way to go. I guess would have my, concern. The answer your friend. question is: I have a wall of I have a wall of shame that takes takes the. I'm out here in the suburbs, man. Yeah. Dude could just roll by, and uh, I mean, I bet the other two deaths were suburbs. Ah, uh, like, yeah, they were, they were outside the city. I saw Somewhat, the map. Yeah. I haven't been to where. I don't get outside the city that much. I don't have a car. I think it's interesting to talk about this, though, in, in light of, you know, the, I'll call it the the digital panopticon, right? The amount of data that's out there. Yes. Cameras, X, Y, Z, like the amount of, and, you know, obviously there's domestic spying going on. Um, we're being listened to. We're being watched. Mm-hmm. But still, this random fucking person is capable of, pulling up pulling the shit off and i mean it's pretty brazen i think to send the packages through an actual legit service like fedex like the the two most recent packages packages yes um that seems like that's kind of a ballsy like but i had read i've read this on reddit i don't know if it's on you know substantiated or not but you can still apparently hand write out um like a package slip for fedex and obviously they have the drop-off receptacles around that probably don't have the same sorts of, uh, I guess, surveillance. But this person actually went to this physical location, which seems pretty, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Seems like kind of a dumb thing yeah. to do, but who, who knows? Well, that's why I became, I didn't get a degree in psychology or anything, but I became really obsessed with psychology because just how people think I think is so amazing to me because I think these people they they get a high from it from either this this social pathology oh, yeah, the attention of it yeah. yeah they get a high from it and so like they may love looking into your eyes and killing you not in this case but like when you talk about just less um a serial killer or something like they get a certain high from it to right agree. and I think trying this is... to understand someone of that caliber is difficult <laughs> This is different though, right? Because I think there's like there's more of a you know, usually it's people that they know. Like how often are random just random people killed, you oh, know, for okay. a serial killer? Oh yeah. No, it's just like um they've done studies where they've looked at the amount of domestic violence. If you've ever committed committed domestic violence and if you went on to commit um a sh- a shooting greater, commit more violence, off the charts um cor- correlation. Interesting. And so that's why in Canada, they if you want a gun, they do check for domestic violence. Interesting. And that's pretty. I smart. forgot if they delay you or they 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 can't say no. And so that was like Michael Moore talked about that in one of his documentaries, and I looked it up. And the studies bear out. I'm sure you could find a study contradicting me, but that if you commit violence locally, you can go on to bigger and greater things. Interesting. So um like is there a is there a manifesto with this is you know it's another thing is is this an individual person or is this a group are there copycats like oh how do you figure out that element of it you know what i mean what yeah i think you're kind i think what you're getting into is is this a start of a bigger revolution where 
the most powerful people are the hackers when everything is hackable, a grid, a dam, a nuclear system, a submarine, um, our phones, are we susceptible to these people who understand the technology better than us and we have not taken the necessary precautions? And um, like you said, it could be a group of people just trying to figure out um, to do something much more dastardly than sending a, a you know, shrapnel bomb or whatever. It seems weird, too, that they would, you know what I mean, with all the pe- people out in public with South by Southwest just having ended on Sunday mm-hmm. and St. Patrick's Day as well. You know what I mean? There's a lot of folks out in public spaces definitely opportunities to you know to to do something i guess maybe that also precipitated or or was hindered maybe by the fact that that same thing like there's so many people that it makes it difficult and i think the locations that these places have been or the uh, devices had been left prior to this and this last one with fedex were i think there was an entrance like a green belt entrance Mm -hmm. um in this neighborhood out by southwest parkway in time, we will notice a correlation. But yeah, the first two, they seem to have a correlation. But I guess they didn't know that they have the, the one they have. Hopefully, they have the, the address of that one they kept. Yeah. So they will see patterns. And maybe the FBI knows more. Maybe the FBI is doing a great job and they know what to look into. I'm sure they've caught people who've uh, sent, sent shady shit through the mail without a return address before. Well, it took them 17 years to catch the uh the unabomber so i I don't know did it jesus Christ. yeah although you know that was a different time obviously like i said or or, you know earlier that with the amount of data with the amount of surveillance that we have cameras and so forth Mm -hmm. it seems much less likely it seems the more this the longer time passes the likelihood Mm -hmm. of this person being captured goes up but at the same time how do you how do you catch a random individual it's sort of like, I was thinking about this analogy earlier, it's like attacking the Death Star in Star Wars, right? Their defenses were, you know what I mean? They expected like an all-out attack, right? Yeah. But a single fighter yeah. gets through. You so have, if you're, yeah, they have the asymmetrical, um, they have the asymmetrical advantage, I right. think is the military term. So yeah, you, have to def- you have to defend across the board and you can, um, you can just uh, look for the one hole in the wall. Right. And that's what the whole movie Star Wars is based on. <laughs> is that they they apparently put in the in the first one they put their nuclear whatever the self destruct reactor on the outside, and then in the sixth one, the third one, whatever you get it, you've seen them, you know what I mean. They put it in the middle, and then so they have to go inside, and that's that's what those whole two movie both those movies are based on is where the <laughs> nuclear reactor is or whatever. Um, I miss Star Wars. Did you see the newest Star Wars? I I did. I did not okay. like it. Okay. Not a fan you of it. I, so, so much so that I don't think that I'm even see the, oh, wow. the next one. He's going to go there, everyone. Okay. But you know, you know what's funny, too, is I don't know if you've seen these memes. It's like um, the latest one. I think it started out like whenever there's ice or rain or whatever, there's been these memes like in the local, the Austin subreddit where it's like, I'm going to, you know, we're going to HEB. Do you want us to pick up anything? And so the latest one is... I saw that, but they have full <laughs> gear on? Yeah, the full, like... What was that? I don't go to HEB. I go to Trader Joe's. Obviously, okay. not, obviously not a native Texan if, you, if you're making that choice. Okay, I guess so. <laughs> I saw HEB just bought Favor, which is the... What? Um, did they really? Yeah, they just did. I forgot what it was for, but um, I keep... 
I used to pay attention to all these company acquisitions so vigorously because I would um, dream of being a CEO, but that vision has been squashed. Whatever, but, man. Now, now you are a, the, in the lucrative field of podcasting I know. in Austin, Texas. I, I, which I swear to God, only 10 people make enough money to support themselves <laughs> by their own. But we'll see. Tim Ferriss moved here. Did you know that? I, I did, know. yeah. Did you listen I, to Tim Ferriss I, I somewhere don't, in the ether? I don't listen to him, but I'm okay. definitely obviously familiar just from being in the podcast mm-hmm. I was a huge orbit. self-help nut, and he was the first. Yeah, I listened to him religiously. I listened like the first 150 episodes, and I think he's at 200 plus now. I, I've listened to all of them. I can, ju- I can just give you, I can just go, the, like, tell me about Tony Robbins, and I can just give you what they t- I learned in that podcast. So wh- what about... Jordan Peterson's Twelve Rules for Living. You I haven't, haven't bought I haven't that, read book that book yet. It, <laughs> it, it's it's number one on Amazon, right? Oh, God, it is. It is. I was look because I go on Amazon to look at books and then get them at the library, and that's number one. It's, um, <laughs> Jesus fucking dude. Christ. His Patreon is like a hundred k a month. Oh, it's I know. Not that. It's like sixty k a month or something. But yeah, it's like no one has that. No individual individual has that much on Patreon. I don't know if the Koch brothers are adding money in there. Yeah, because I think but, um, Chop, like the people from Chapo Trap House, they make a quite a bit via Patreon. Yeah. But I don't think it. Well, well, I know Dave, but that's a group. That's like you know, yeah. two or three, four people. Yeah, sixty k a month from like a dollar. Like he's not from a dollar to probably a thousand dollars or whatever. It's insane. But did you hear? Okay, so he supposedly has been ducking uh, Doug Lane from Zero Books, which is I did hear this. Uh, so independent publisher so, and i think he's in mm-hmm. in seattle or washington somewhere they can't find him they can't find him a <laughs> time i've actually listened to doug's podcast it's actually pretty nice. pretty interesting what does he he's a what does he do What's so he's a on, tell me. it's a they put they published um angela nagel's book okay kill all normies do you i'm sure you know that no one you're sorry. not familiar with that no i'm sorry not so Angela Nagel did a study. I've been reading, I've, I haven't read anything recently. I'm reading old stuff. Sorry. But, well, it was a pretty popular book over the last I don't know 18 months or okay. so. Um, she's been she's done the podcast circuit. She was on Chapo Trap House. She was on a couple of other lefty podcasts. Uh, I think she was on Michael Brooks show. Okay. Then uh, damn it, I usually I've listened to a few of his episodes. I listened to an episode of him last night when I was at the gym. So it wasn't that one though. <laughs> Um, Michael Brooks is on tonight. He's having who? Oh my God, he has a guest on tonight. I'm interested in. Oh, he's having uh, Matt Binder, who used to be. Anyway, continue. I won't go on to other podcasts. I like Sam Cedar though. Continue. Um, but su- supposedly to uh, Peterson, there's a potential debate with. Are you familiar with Zizek at all? No. You should check out Zizek. He's he's pretty funny. Yeah. He's an entertaining. Like he's probably. I guess the most well-known, like, living leftist. Oh, Zizek, like Z-I-Z-E-K? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, I've, I've seen him on YouTube. I prefer Chomsky, but yes, I've, I've heard of him, yes. So supposedly, there was a, actually... He talks slurred, right? Yeah. yeah okay, I've definitely seen him, because, yeah, his name is odd. Yes, continue. So supposedly, uh, Peterson got pissed off because he saw this fake... Zizek account on Twitter talking trash and he kind of like confronted him this phony account and then Zizek was like yeah I'll, I'll debate you so that would be I think that would be fucking that would really be lot, entertaining that would be a lot better um, my, have you, my have you seen these videos though the no. break 
where Peterson is having like a breakdown. He's like, oh, that, oh, the individual. Oh. So like, I, I, I listen to the Sam, crying. I listen to Sam Cedar and they talk about how he was on that one new like news channel four program. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch. I haven't seen that whole interview, but apparently like everyone was just going crazy into the partisan battle stations and saying like, oh, Peterson's so misunderstood or like, oh, she owned Peterson. And I, I haven't watched it. Sorry, but it sounds entertaining. <laughs> Um, I don't Peterson. I can I just comment on one? Yeah, thing? of you course. Said the of course. You may. You are the think, you are the guest. Yeah, I think it's very smart of him to grow his following by doing a self help book. I think that's extremely intelligent to go into the self help genre because you can't go wrong there. Really, you just gain. I think that's all gain and almost no loss. Just going to the self help uh, community. So I I didn't think you could even do a right-wing cultivating self-help community but i think that is what has just been attempted <laughs> in his book and i think that's a really good move i don't think he's sitting in a foggy room considering that but i just think that's a good book to write for his um just his whole whatever the fuck his movement is <laughs> if it's an ideology i don't even know but yeah i think that will prove fruitful sadly <laughs> in my opinion so i'm doing a podcast on friday with a, a new friend of mine and we are actually going to delve into because you know Peterson's a huge critic of uh, the the postmodernists and the neo-Marxists, which he likes to conflate yes. the two and and so forth. So that's kind of what I take umbrage with, primarily with Peterson, is his kind of bullshit reading of people like Derrida and Foucault, mm-hmm. and conflating them with with Marxists and and whatnot, and saying that these people are destroying <laughs> Western civilization, and it's like this evil. Uh, force this evil ideology. You gotta destroy the left. That's destroying the beautiful, the wonderful modernist project that gave us think. You know, hits like the Second World War and Second World War and the atomic bomb, slavery, neoliberalism, and so forth. Uh, so yeah, that'll be interesting. That's a good point, Cooper. No, I. You should do a podcast where you read his twelve rules. I don't even know any of them. I I don't know. But I'm not um, gonna. I'm not gonna give him anyway. Give I, I him just yeah the self help thing. Book. I think that's good because he can't because like I used to be a huge Tim Ferriss like I that that's what got me in the podcasting the Tim Ferriss and Tony Robbins podcast and like they don't say anything to offend people they're just saying like you know believe in yourself work hard and they give some like better tips to sleep and uh, drugs to use that keep you more attentive and believe in the ball and throw yourself. Yep. Wait, and, what um, what kind of drugs are they recommending? Um, Jesus, Jesus, let me think about them. Um, he doesn't do pot or anything but it's like energy drugs so, so tim um, fair oh like the nootropics and shit yeah nootropics yeah really um, like um stuff from mushrooms but not mushrooms um, like the mushroom tech mushroom like that on it uh joe rogan's on it but um <laughs> stuff like that yes okay like yeah so some supplement line like alex jones also sells except i jesus i don't i don't know anything about alex jones supplement line but i <laughs> i don't I, I expect you to do it. the research on Alex Jones. Come on, I man. Don't trust you gotta be more prepared. I don't trust the dude. Um, God, we live in Austin with Alex Jones <laughs> every every goddamn day. You little bastards! I've got the supplements. Are gonna keep dude. He's vital so, the sad inside. thing is he's so rich. I know we can make fun of him all day. He's made so much money off that bullshit. Ah. Oh. He's got a pretty nice setup, man. His dude, you see, like his like, studio setup. When you notice like the watch he's legit. wearing and stuff. You're like, oh damn, he's got a Rolex. 
Um, he's got multiple Rolexes. It's a pretty nice suit. And yeah, dude, I think his studio's top notch. Like I oh, see, yeah, I watch CNN sometimes. I'm like, hey, right? His studio's sh- nicer than CNN. <laughs> what the fuck? Is, it's a one man show. Right now, it's expanding. Um, I went to the Women's March and um, Info Wars was there recording, but it wasn't Alex Jones, so I was depressed. Like I just want to see Alex Jones like literally standing in front of me, and it would be so fun to see his short chubby. I imagine he's shorter and chubby than I think he is in TV, which is, I think he's pretty short and chubby. So I used to, I did a internship at a production house here in Austin. Oh, and no. one of the guys that worked at the production house had worked on some of the early Alex Jones oh. videos. But see, Alex Jones for the longest time was more like... Way different. He he wasn't so much of like a partisan hack he, that he he's that he actually has done a now. lot of interviews. He has, I think he ha- he's interviewed Zizek. He's interviewed Noam Chomsky. He's interviewed like Cornell West. Like li- like if you go two thousand five interviews, he's okay. Sorry, continue. But I agree with you in that like there's been a huge shift into I think just make money at all costs, which I think this or the is. he's on the Trump fucking agenda, which uh, yeah, big time. He's like suckling at the Trump teat for sure. And he used to not be. He was a big. Uh, he was a big critic of fucking Bush, like during those years. I mean, he released yeah. he released that video, his DVD that I have actually seen. I've seen nine eleven, the road to tyranny. I think. Oh, what's it? The Obama deception. I've seen I, that. I've I seen did not the Obama see that deception. One. He narrates the whole thing. He narrates the whole thing. Um, he's also he also have you seen Loose Change? I've seen. A little bit. Okay, of it, he's yeah. the executive producer of Loose Change. Was he really? Ex- Holy shit! I didn't. I, he not said that. Know I was that. listening to him once, and he said that, and I had to Google it, and he did. He executive produced, and it's made by two like kids, like uh, Loose Change. It's oh, about, it's the nine eleven. <laughs> it's like the. I think it's the first debunking nine eleven uh, documentary. But um, I've got a, I've got something funny now that that you mentioned that too. A surprising financier on a film that I watched the other oh, day. No. So there, there's a. Shakespearean adaptation of it's like this okay the play is Titus Andronicus it was turned into a film adaptation by Julie Taymor she's a famous um Broadway director like her she did the live action uh, Lion King for example okay so great visual artists etc anyway so I'm like watching this film and the credits are going and it's like Stephen Bannon, Stephen K. Bannon was a fucking producer on this movie, and I'm like, what? I had to, I had to like get on IMDb, and I was like, what the fuck? Because I knew, I actually had heard, I think it was NPR that Bannon had been in Hollywood and been like a producer, and he had dipped his toes in that world. He's made a lot of movies. He's made like more than five. Because I'm, it's all I know about him is Goldman Sachs. He went to Harvard. And then the because I remember Democracy Now covered it, and they went over the movies. I was like, "Holy shit, he made like eight movies!" Like he was made involved more, more than involved, you think. Yeah. yeah, no involved. Yeah, no, no. Like he's in the credits. He's definitely. not a fucking director. Or anything, but Democracy but. Now was covering his work with these movies, and some of them are extremely right wing. Like it's like one of them's like pro, like um, all about Reagan's greatness and stuff. But it's funny. Like the content of Titus is not exactly what I would consider to be right wing. Mm -hmm. Um, But it does actually draw a little bit upon uh, sort of the imagery of Italian fascism a little bit. Uh, It's this really anachronistic kind of hodgepodge pastiche of all these different time periods Mm -hmm. that are all sort of amalgamated to represent Rome itself. 
But yeah, that was that was weird. I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Well, that what you just said reminded me of not Bannon ideology, but Koch brother ideology. And what I think a lot of people don't understand about the Koch brothers is, first of all, they're extremely good at hiding. They're extremely good at um, not um, most people not figuring out what they're doing. And they also invest in the long term. So they invest somebody like a Dave Rubin, and they do invest in Dave Rubin, who is slightly right wing or doesn't any he, he has on uber right wing he's guests. a classical liberal man he, what are you talking he, about they're they're investing people like that and far right people like yeah. i would say ben shapiro just to move you down the right wing line meaning they just don't they just don't you know i don't like calling alt-right i kind of like calling it fascism but they they fund the alt-right heavily but they also they fund every side the light side the um light right whatever you i don't alt light yeah alt light and that's the gene. That's the genius. Is they'll put they put money into the long term. If they lose in two thousand eighteen, they just go back and build it up again because they have that much money. And the left does not do that because the left is um, fragmented. I would say by design, but also it's just a lot harder for me to come together with indigenous people, black people, trans people, because we all have different problems. Because we truly have all different problems, and they can unite around the money. Yeah. The intersection, I don't know. Intersection, Intersectionality, yes. I need to bring in on expert. I had uh, Charles discuss. Derber. If you want to, I had him on my podcast. He he's in Boston, but if you don't, I talked to him on Skype. But he wrote a whole book on. It's called Welcome to the Revolution. A whole book on intersectionality. Nice. How was? Uh, where can we find that? What episode is this? That is, is just labeled Charles Derber. I don't know. I always label them numbers, but it's probably like thirty-two. But Charles Derber, he wrote a great book. He interviews some of my favorite leftists: Ralph Nader, Noam Chomsky, Chris Hedges. Medea Benjamin, who founded Code Pink. Um, it's a lesser-known group. I didn't know about it, but it's a group that um, it's all about. Uh, it's a lot about BDS and empowering women, but also the whole getting out of the Middle East, essentially. Wait, what's BDS? Uh, boy, boycott, divestment, sanctions. It's to. Um, it's the, basically so you know how I'll explain it this way. In um, three fifty is trying the divestment movement to get everyone to divest from fossil fuels. Where they're trying to get everyone to divest from actions that support Israel. So APAC, uh, and that's okay. all I know about it because I haven't. I'm not. I've actually been to three fifty meetings, but they're trying to divest from all the money that goes to Israel. And apparently, our politicians are incredibly bribed by Israel to an extent. And that's what APAC is. A I P A C, or P E C, I think. And that's when you can look up a video of like Chuck Schumer praising Israel for the, yeah. Um, pretty pretty bad uh, dealings we do to them, um, and it's almost it's never covered in the news. You know it's bad when we never are the the Middle East is really bad when we never cover it because that's how bad Afghanistan is <laughs> is that we never cover it because we're losing the war there. Well, also I mean Yemen Syria gets yeah, a little bit, go, of, but the go. war in Yemen is definitely not getting any fucking traction. It's in the, the mainstream and press. The at UN all. called it the worst humanitarian crisis post World War Two, and the UN was founded post World War. Too, I believe so. Woo! Anyway, yeah, no. So the Yemen thing. So it's like a food problem, and we're oh no, Saudi Arabia is also. Well, there was a, them, there was we, a blockade. Okay, like they were totally. But we also we them. we give Saudi Arabia the arms. Of course, yeah. It's like we arm ISIS. Anyway, it's just so like we're the bad guys. That's what I always in in any foreign policy scenario. Whenever you, I think you got to talk about ISIS or any of these groups. We probably well, we propped came up back ISIS to, for sure. Oh yeah, and no, Al Qaeda. Even like, why are we so pissed off at Iran? It's because we cooed them and made the country unstable. We cooed them in '53. We overthrew Mohammed Mossadegh. I'm trying to get someone to talk about that on my podcast. Um, the two people I contacted wrote a book. Um, said no, but um, we cooed them in '53. Then they overthrew the Shah, which is the person we put in. 
Right. Took them 25 years. In 79, they installed them. And now there's still instability because we fucked with them. Anyway, so that's all. Um, the CIA, I was just reading, has a term for this. It's called blowback. So <laughs> it, it literally is blowback. So uh. that's what, and they call 9-11 the same thing, blowback. So um, usually we're, we're the, we're, we are the bigger hand at play here. Um, you just haven't done your research yet. Most, almost every opportunity Well, I mean, I, I know find, that, absolutely. Okay. I'm not arguing with someone who's going to, yeah. But like, um, so there was, um, I'm going to tell the story. So there was a primary election for the Democrats and Republicans, whatever, in Texas. There was the um, primary election. And Derek Crow was running. I don't know if you're, you, this is District 21 here, but Derek Crow was a progressive and he was big on climate change. And I, and I actually knocked doors for him. And it was the first time I knocked doors for any candidate. And so they gave me a script. And so, hey, he doesn't take PAC money. So he wasn't corrupt, which um, I would, t- the sad thing was I would tell people like what Derek's issues are, which was pretty good for, for me. I'm more radical than I think any politician who ever get re- elected, which is why I don't Definitely, run. at least in Texas. Yes. Jesus. But he's uh, fighting climate change. He's for Medicare for all. And he doesn't take PAC money. I'm like, I mean, how, Bam, can, I, how right? can I do better than that? I mean, exactly. how, how can I do better than Texas? You're right. So I knock doors and they give me the script and I basically say those three things. Um, to a normal person, they, they, it'd be like throwing a rock at a window, bouncing off and hitting <laughs> you in the dick and the package, the package exploding on you. But um, like they didn't no care. No pun intended. Because, though. and the thing is like, it's so deeply ingrained in us. And I threw away the script because it was well, it's so deeply ingrained in us that they legalized bribery. Like people don't even realize, literally they legalized bribery. With Citizens United, they just legalized it, so everyone's like, "Oh yeah, they all take pack money. What's what's the fuck? What's the difference? No pack money, pack money." Like they don't even talk about that as an issue. Like every candidate, they should introduce. They shouldn't say Ted Cruz. They should say forty million from the NRA, <laughs> or what you know, whatever. When when you see these people on CNN, and so it's so ingrained in us. Like I when I tell people he doesn't take pack money, they don't give a shit. Like don't you see that's a huge deal? So how give it? Can you give me? Give us elaborate on that a little bit more specifics. Like yes. How many doors would you say so, that you knocked on? Sorry, this goes back in the same thing. So I would say I uh, I knocked on fifty, and they gave me a hundred doors, and I just actually got frustrated and left because I was by myself. I did it by myself, and if I had a buddy, it would have been a lot nicer because then we could have yeah. laughed about it. Right. I realized bring a buddy if you're going to knock on doors. <laughs> That's my tip. Just bring a buddy in most scenarios. It's, well, it's like nice. what? What area of Austin no, so, were you knocking um, doors on? Downtown, right off. Um, my phone is charging, um, but I'll I'll bring up. The, I mean, give us just a general like downtown is is downtown, good enough. Downtown, and I have the app that I'll bring up and I'll talk about it. But it, it was downtown. I thought it would be very friendly. Friendly, you would think, in well, a progressive-ish city or one that claims to be at least. It's got to be. Okay, so 103 Bartlett Street Okay. and Euclid Avenue, which is right by the Torchies downtown. Okay, So gotcha. Because the thing was, I didn't know where I was, and then I walked out, and I could <laughs> see the Torchies, and so I just walked home, which was like a 45-minute walk, but I, I like walking after I got depressed. But the thing was, like you said, so can I elaborate? <laughs> this, comes, this comes down to what I learned, and the thing was, um, a few times they were already voting for Derek, and in that case, they're educated. And they like they would probably vote for Bernie Sanders. Like they're like, oh yeah, he's not corrupt. Like they actually get it. Like oh, they take the money and then they do what the money wants you to do. Oh my God, it's people think that's a conspiracy. I'm like, no, you if you have a job, you work for who pays you. It's it's a very simple concept. Right. Like when when anyway. So the thing is, I would, I would I would knock on the door and I would go through. I would say, oh, they don't take pack money. 
But instead, like I said, I threw out the script. I, I just asked them, open quote, what is your biggest issue? What do you care about the most? Okay. And this is the lesson I learned. Most of the times I got crickets. They wouldn't do anything. They would just ask me maybe another question. And so this is where, just from self-analysis, self-experiment, um, I learned that the number one trait of Americans is apathy. I think a lot of people think it's stupidity, but I would argue it's apathy. They just don't care. Right. Like they just don't know anything. I think stupidity is probably the number two trait, <laughs> which is not good. Number well, two, number three. <laughs> let's say ignorance and not stupidity, okay, ignor right? Okay, um, we'll do it. Yeah, I agree. Well, the thing is, this is such a huge experiment. The ignorance is by design. Oh, yeah, Like, absolutely. dude, if you watch CNN... I don't care if you watch 40 hours of that. You'll never know we could have ran. Like I just said, <laughs> right? you'll never learn what I just talked about. Um, or the, you know, the drones. They, the drones. The 400 drone strikes Obama did. Not to say oh, I think Trump's going to break that record. I'm just saying I don't, I judge any, any drone strikes, not good. I don't give a shit if you're Gandhi. Um, sorry, so that's what, because it, it was just so sad. Like, I realized, because I, I dropped the script. No no bullshit. No, like, trying to make convince them climate change is an issue or money right. politics is an issue. I just asked them, like, what do you care about? Is it health? Like, if you told me, they wouldn't even tell me, like, a selfish issue. Like, if right. they just want, like, oh, ExxonMobil to go away because they're founded right next to their house, I'd be like, sure. I'm like, I, or fresh water. I'd be like, T they couldn't even tell me that. Like, they couldn't even tell me a selfish issue because I would just, like, talk to them because I try to be politically involved and I feel like I could talk about most things. Pretty much anything except uh, transgender and gay rights, uh, just because I know nothing about what those people go through, and I rarely read about it. Right, um, that, and that's just the well, fault. And, and that's just the fault of my own. I know. Get get on that intersectionality, with, bro. Yeah, with me, and I yeah, I had the guy the guy on intersectionality, um, Charles Durber, really um, nice. I have to check that out. He did a good job on. We just explaining how we can only solve just to define intersectionality. It's the fact that all our problems have a common root. And only um, solving that common root will will solve all problems. And so that's something capitalism is really good at doing is fragmenting us and making it an individual problem. Right. Oh, you're an individual. Because that's to me, that's capitalism. You're an individual and you have to compete with everyone else. And that's goddamn Adam Smith who um, said the invisible hand, which is only in two sentences of that whole fucking Wealth of Nations book, which is a thick motherfucker. Uh, it's like 500 pages. But um, Have you read that book? No, but I saw it. I do. Um, you saw it. I saw it at the library. <laughs> you saw it at the I, library. No, I had to go and, and, and just reach out to it because I because I I didn't read it, but I've read I read another book that talks about how the Invisible Hand is silly because it's not even the premise of the book at all. He just mentions it twice, right. yeah. twice in this huge book where the guy defines capitalism. I mean, now this I had heard as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, so and the right wingers. It's like God to them. It's like their gospel. This one, this, these two sentences. Um, when he talks about a lot of other things um, that I'm not sure about because I'm not an economist. But Adam Smith, I believe the three, the, yeah, the three greatest economists are usually considered Marx, uh, Keynes, and uh, Smith. Well, not in that order. Keynes is usually considered the, the best. He's Keynesian. He's new. That was like the New Deal economics, which made us prosper and now has been forgotten. <laughs> you should check out the podcast I did with James K. Galtbraith. Galbraith, mm -hmm. excuse me. Um, but his father was like an eminent economist. He's pretty well known. That was an interesting podcast. Unfortunately, I didn't have the opportunity to read his books. Like, I hit him up and had like a week <laughs> mm -hmm. before I was going to have him on. So it was like, I had maybe one or two days to prepare. Obviously, not enough time to read a fucking economics book, especially when you did not major in economics mm -hmm. and are, you know yeah. what I mean? 
Something I've learned about at least trying to get into politics, um, economics, and I've been reading um, Michael Hudson. He's on Democracy Now. He's um he has two good books, Killing the Host and Jay's for Junk Economics. Jay Jay's for Junk Economics. Not to, I don't get paid for this. Probably the best intro to economics book because it's literally a library book where he defines neoliberalism in like two pages, but then he links all the other terms. So like what an asset is, and he shows you how like the the elites fuck with you and like how we count debt as um we count debt as profit right and how um this has happened in past societies i think it's very good i'm not even halfway through it but um that's the book i'd recommend because i'm reading it so i haven't read many other intro to economics books but it's not even an economics book it's like i'm just going to define each term for you and it slowly comes together um definition by definition and he despises neoliberals it's very i, I like it a lot because he he just makes fun of them all the time in the book he's like neoliberals like simplicity and they like stealing from you <laughs> <laughs> um radical centrism is what i call it these yeah. days so that's a good question so do you think like do you think the center actually exists or do well, you think that's like a politician's uh, rhetoric that we gotta cave more to the center but no one Really I think is on the, the center. The right. center is the status quo, and that's what the elites endorse. I yeah. I mean, I'm lean, I lean towards that. My problem, and I've talked about this when I had you when I was on your podcast for sure, and probably on our first episode together. That I think the fucking Overton window in America has been shifted so fucking far to the right. I mean, look, the other day we mm-hmm. had like six to eight Democrats voting to like the bank. The bank regulation. Yeah, there were, I think they were trying about? to repeal what it was it Dodd Frank. I definitely yeah. I, I definitely don't, tweeted about it for sure. Um, I haven't read about the bill, but it's like, oh, let's crash the economy again. I believe that is the central <laughs> thesis of it. Um, yeah, I I believe it allows it allows smaller bl- banks to rip you off more. But I um don't quote. Well, me on I, that. it was it was more to and do by smaller banks. I mean the ones that still make billions of dollars. <laughs> I but think it was more. Sachs, it so. was more to do, I think, with capital requirements for some smaller banks. Yeah. Um, and it was, I believe, they passed it. That it was the tenth year anniversary to the day of the economic crash. And Bernie Sanders tweeted that. So, anyway, the donors got what they wanted. Well, we're. I mean, we're actually. What is it? The fifteenth anniversary of. Oh, Iraq was yesterday. I, I wanted to do a talk about that, which I'll talk about later. But um, Iraq was yesterday, 15th anniversary. Well, we can definitely talk about that because um, I know that a lot four of people— trillion? Four trillion? Four trillion down the tube? Is it <laughs> six? Four trillion is the low number. Sorry, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say a lot of people, including myself, feel like this was the— like if you put your—if you have to mark an inflection point in history, I guess 9-11 tru- truly really—I mean, it was a—, it was a it was a symptom of that, right? Mm-hmm. But, but the neocons just use that. Sorry. Had we chose, have we chosen a different path to respond to nine eleven? I think we would be living in a vastly different world. Obviously, we did not make that choice. It was very obvious to me at the time. Even I argued and argued and argued and fucking argued my ass off against the war. But you know, who am I? I'm just one man. You know what I mean? No one listened. I know. Everyone ridiculed me. Why I remember I. Why can't you call Dick Cheney Cooper? <laughs> I debated my one of my good good friends, Brendan Seidenhauser. I've had him on the podcast for like we talked about this shit for hour endless hours hours on the phone. I was like, no, no, no. This is gonna be because all you had to do was look at what happened, how Vietnam and any of these other yeah. 
conflicts that we've and been in since World War II. That's why I hate CNN, because they have no understanding of historic context. Like I just said, how can you bring up Iran and not mention we cooed their government? Anyway, continue, sorry. Like they, I just bring that up as a simple point, but just like you just bought a Vietnam, like that's again, like Vietnam and a story. Like how can, that's such a good example. Right. Or like <laughs> any of the, I mean, any of the other, like where fucking, has there been a. Uh, Gulf War. Yeah. The original Gulf War. Go- well, Gulf actually War? that wasn't, that wasn't as That wasn't bad. that long. How long? I don't know much about it. How, that wasn't, that was less than a decade. <laughs> That was, I think, ninety ninety one was the didn't original Afghanistan Gulf. just passed Vietnam? Like in the last two one or two years, it passed Vietnam as longest war ever it, it, for U.S. I believe it. I, I wouldn't. Believe, okay. I would not be surprised. Because Vietnam was Vietnam was fucking long, but um, if you count the French occup, you know, the battle or <clears throat> the amount of time the French were fighting the Viet Minh, definitely. Oh, the and then we were so. It was originally French Indochina. Mm-hmm. And we were funneling money to the French yeah. to prop them up, and eventually mm-hmm. it became escalated, and we got directly involved. I don't think we'll ever get out of the Middle East until uh, oil runs dry. <laughs> Seriously, so I, def- um, I hoping for that agree. day, to, hoping for that day to come. <laughs> um, the Iraqi people or whatever can probably hope for that too. Speaking of oil in the Middle East, uh, yes. our good our good friend Rex Rexon has been shit canned. By by our dear leader Trump. Did you hear the news that he did not? He tweeted to fire him. That the tweet that we all saw was the was what fired him, not any other contact. With well, that. that is what was like CNN reported. Not only that, but apparently he was on the shitter when he, he on, found out. He, he was, was on. Does Rex Tillerson have a Twitter? <laughs> uh, I don't. You know, I don't know. Hey, I'll fu- let's fuck. I'll look you him up right now. I Exxon does. <laughs> Exxon definitely does. Yeah, but does, does but does sexy Rexy? Sexy like Rexon. How do you? Let me just ask you. Like, how do you personally feel about Rex? Like, even though he's an evil scumbag and we should shit on him, do you? Are you feel like at least he's an intelligent businessman? Unlike Donald Trump, would you give him that? That at least he makes intelligent business decisions to uh, plunder our earth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. I don't think he's as much of a dipshit like trump but i don't know he actually went up the hierarchy whereas trump just got his dad's i don't know enough about tillerson okay i definitely don't like him and i I know i know he worked his way up i definitely don't i mean god is it's like (laughs) the ceo of exxon or trump worse i i fucking don't know that's a hard question to ask no i was saying this to you in the car that i don't care if he fires anyone because there's no way he's gonna get a scumbag who's better than the original guy like, there's no way he suddenly hires Bernie Sanders to uh, to the head of the economics department or whatever, Medicare department or whatever. So, like, if Ben Carson quits it's, or Betsy DeVos <laughs> quits, what do you think is going to happen after? Like, no, he's, he's incapable of making a decision you want to make if you're on the left. Even on the right, I would argue. Oh, well, if yeah. you're a human being, I would argue, but definitely on the left. <laughs> I'm just um, I'm I'm disappointed that Rexon found out he was getting canned while he was on the toilet. You know, he I'm not going to dignify. That's what his response was. Remember when they were they were grilling him back whenever there was the kerfuffle over him calling Trump a fucking moron. And he's like, "I'm not, you know, I've already said I'm not going to dignify that with with the response." So you're not denying that you called him that was a fucking um, moron. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just not gonna be I'm not gonna be petty 
other than being petty by calling Trump a fucking mm-hmm. dipshit. No, vociferous silence. It was, it was good. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, that, that was more of an admittance than I could ever see anyone do. <laughs> anyone admit anything like that. Um, so, back on the Trump cabinet, what, what do you give, let's see, it's been a year. We haven't talked since, I think, the, the, the State of the Union. What, what is the Trump, how is the State of the Union for you, Cooper Cherry? <laughs> Uh, I mean, trying not to have a fucking panic attack. Can you make it? Can you make it three more years? (laughs) I don't. At this rate, honestly, I don't fucking know. To be quite honest, I'm gonna be outraged out. It's like there's every Mm -hmm. fucking week, every not every week, every day. Mm -hmm. There's some new bullshit. It's funny situation that comes up because that's how I why I feel one of the biggest reasons he's president. Mm -hmm. Because by the time the pussy tape, like let's bring up what I would consider still the biggest outrage event. I think that's actually debatable. The pussy tape. Um, By the time we all voted, everyone forgot about that. Right. Right. Like that was a month. That was a month later. It wasn't even that much later. Like five weeks later, and everyone forgot about that because he had just uh, more outrage. Hillary. Email, well, Comey in the emails that probably took that the cake. Was, that was the sad thing. But fucking... um, no, honestly, it was it was who fucked up last and Hillary. That was your that was you. You fucked up last, um, and Comey fucked up last. Who's now fired? I don't know what Comey's doing right now, but um, he's being he, he's like what six five. That was the funniest. He's six eight. He's tall. Six fuck. He's six he's eight. Is tall. he really? Because I'm tall. Cause he's really when you're six eight, dude. You're cause like I'm six five, six four, and that's already like in the 99th percentile. When you're like six eight, it's just when I'm tall, I notice people taller than me because it's a big deal to be like you're taller than me. Right. Well, I remember the story coming out that Comey was trying to hide and like evade Trump like during he's so tall yeah. meetings he's and so shit. So tall. So I think that uh, Comey is probably like he's. Got a, he's probably in a, you know, he's doing community theater as a tree or yeah. something like that. He might be doing, you know, off Broadway versions. I hope, I hope of, he made enough money because I was he, reading about the McCabe thing. He fired him a day before his retirement, and apparently that loses benefits. He doesn't get his benefits because he got fired instead of retire. Yeah, he definitely fucked him with that so, one. So I don't know if, yeah, he gets that, but like that's. What's funny is Trump's tweet was like, oh, look at all this corruption going on. It's like he was going to retire the next day. I don't know if anyone thought if that makes if that if everyone else thought that, but like he was going to be out the next day. So if you're talking about all this corruption, just wait one more day. If you truly think that's true. I don't know. Yeah. Can you imagine, man? Remember when I remember when, you know, you would get shit on for like if you broke up with your Mm -hmm. partner or whatever via text. And now you get people in the government are getting fired on Twitter. That's mm-hmm. just fucking insane. Like, have you have you watched the Adam? That's like Adam well, Curtis zone shit, right? What, what I just like to play the game is, and again, I'm no fan of Obama. If you drone, whether you're black, blue, white, or pink, I don't care. If you drone, you drone. But could you, you mean imagine, Obama the socialist? Could you imagine if one of these scandals happened during Obama's presidency. Oh, people would Could you shit imagine? Themselves. And I'm just saying that from the point of fuck you, Sean Hannity, or whatever, you know, oh, whatever. Like, could oh, you imagine? God. No, no, no. Look at, dude, you can do a, a mirror play. Look at um, oh, the clips of Obama talk. In 2008, I think it's even before he got elected, he talked about meeting with North Korea. Look at the clip of Sean Hannity talking about, and now look at Trump talk about meeting North Korea. He, like, lauds him. It's such, it's all partisan bullshit. Uh, studies show 
Fox News has been proven to be not news. What do I mean by that? They did studies of um, how informed people were, a, a, a double-blind test of how informed you were, and then what news you watched. And then if you watched this, you were more informed. People who watched Fox News were less informed. I'm not surprised. That because- by definition... For CNN, it only went up by very few points, but at least you learned something. Right. By definition, losing points is not news. Right. Well, I mean, to, in my opinion, this CNN is garbage. Mm-hmm. Even NB- MSNBC, yeah. fucking garbage. New York Times, garbage. Washington Post, garbage for the most part, right? Yeah. None of those fucking people said shit about Iraq. Mm-hmm. To begin with, like they were all, everyone was lockstep in this bullshit thing that ended up getting us where we are today. I differentiate between fake news, which has become this huge, whatever, propaganda term. Which is pretty much what Fox News is, is fucking propaganda. Fox News alone is that. But I wouldn't say CNN is fake news. I would say what Noam Chomsky calls manufacturing consent. Yeah. Which is just what you said, where they all just get behind the war machine because they're paid by... Northrop Grumman, all Dick Cheney is a motherfucker and should burn in hell forever. And hopefully, he he may be the devil. He may come out. No, I'm kidding. But um, that's what I don't. That's the sad thing. The fake news narrative doesn't make us challenge. Oh wait, the media cycle is a profit-driven machine, and who's who is profiting off this? Oh, these people who build bombs for profit. How the fuck do we have capitalism where you um, make profit off killing people? Maybe we should think about this. (laughs) I, I can't go. I don't want to go down too much that road, but um, I right. think you and I agree. Yeah, so fake news is not really a big thing. It's the manufacturing consent, which does not get stopped under any circumstances. You will have, Man, you definitely have to tune in for next week's okay. podcast because I am going to be discussing fake news in a, in a sort of way. So okay. I had mentioned this thinker yeah. before, but Jean Baudrillard mm-hmm. with his yeah. theory of simulation and basically the idea being we're so overly saturated with information that there is no meaning yeah you know what i mean there's no truth because there's we're just bombarded with mm-hmm. messages oh and also well i do programming and also the algorithms on the the big social media sites show you what you want because it's they're trying to make as much money as well with so, advertisers yeah so like i run a lot and they have pixels where they track what i get on so they know i'm on marathon websites thinking of signing up and i don't because uh, it's <laughs> Too, the, the rent is too damn high but um <laughs> then it has all the nike shoes and the next austin marathon on all the ads on facebook because i don't use ad, ad blocker which i should but uh what, what else i was gonna say oh i was gonna i gave um peterson some kudos for going to the self-help movement i do give trump kudos for the fake news movement because it's just like i said people aren't intelligent enough to understand manufacturing consent which is what noam Chom- a lot of noam chomsky's work is on and which i think is completely true but the fake news um, element of what he does allows him to basically reject anything. It's what it is. Fake news is rejecting something you don't want to believe or does not fit your narrative. And that's what he uses perfectly. Right. But <laughs> what, okay, so what, here's the thing though, is they try to sell that there's a liberal media bias, right? That's always the talking point. And is this is where your point and of I the guess Overton there's window, somewhat, the Overton window. Exactly. Anything. Like Bernie Sanders, who, you know, I know nothing about European politics, but all the Europeans I talk to laugh at Bernie. They're like, ah, oh, if if they didn't have his views, they would be like a fashion, you know, like it's thrown out. Like Mitch McConnell is like, like why the, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell, they're like Mussolini to these Italian people. They're like, these right. people want to like take away Medicare and Medicaid and shit. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Are these people, how do you elect these people? 
And I agree. How the fuck do we elect these people? But they have a lot of money. <laughs> it's scary, man. The Like I said, the Overton window being so shifted f- to the right yeah. that the center, like a Democrat, is a fucking... Re- like, it feels like Richard Nixon, honestly, would be a Democrat right now. Yeah, so you always hear that argument, would Reagan even be in the Republican Party? I mean, and such. I, I think absolutely Reagan would. He's the start of the whole fucking... He's, he's the, the neoliberal inta- star, in exactly. my opinion. I yeah, think, I for think sure. The sad thing is Bill Clinton and Obama and Bush have also been neoliberals, but Obama, but Reagan wouldn't have... He got it all kicked he, off. Yeah, they all got kicked off, so I... Or he started the trend. Yeah, even, like... So this is what I want to talk about. I've, I listen to Ralph Nader. And so Ralph Nader is this big progressive in the 60s and the 70s. And he made Ralph Nader, he shitted on Ralph Nader. He made, I'm sorry, Nixon. He, Ralph Nader made Nixon pass all this progressive legislation, um, Mine and Safety Act. He, you know who founded the EPA? It was Richard I know. Nixon. It Richard was fu- fucking Nixon. You know who wrote that? Ralph Nader. Yeah. So that's what I mean in the Overton. That really shows the Overton window shift. Is that could you imagine a Republican doing anything for the Mother Earth? No, fuck. They're yeah. trying to. Re- they're like they're literally yeah. trying to roll back all environmental regulations. Yeah. This was Nixon, a guy who got impeached, whose nickname is Tricky Dick, and gave us the whole gate yeah. fucking. What yes. is it? A it's the reason everything is called gate. Yeah. Any and um. I agree with you on the Overton window. I actually bring that up on DSA, and some people disagreed with me. But I think you gave me that idea when we talked a long time ago, the Overton window. And no one seems to admit that. Because that's the thing about the Overton window. You only see what's in the window. Right? Isn't I, that the whole concept? Is like, to yeah, go the, outside the window is to be a radical. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, um, it's such a good term. <laughs> so to be, a, to be a progressive now is like... <laughs> is to be a commie. Is the, is the equivalent of being a commie in the 60s or something. Yeah. It's wild, man, and all the, you know, all the fucking, like, Joe Rogan, Peterson, all of them, with all this anti-social justice warrior Mm -hmm. movement, too, trying to paint anybody who's on the left as a, as, like, some kind of hysterical idiot you know what i mean that's mm-hmm. babbling about that wants equality things that don't, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no we don't we don't want social like social justice a person that stands up for social justice is now ridiculed yeah. and mocked and the thing that's so hard on the side of the left is that i think when you make the social justice argument you're on um and you're on the opposite sorry you're on enemy home field you're on the capitalist home field when you make the equality argument so capitalism um, the ideology is hegemonic. So it's a hegemonic ideology. So it's completely one. It's usurped all corners of the globe except Antarctica, which is melting. So whenever you make kind of the, the socialist argument, you're fighting on a turf that's not equal, I would say, in almost every case. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that's also something we have to take into agree is we're fighting on low ground here. I mean, and they're on high ground. We and that's can't why even... Sean Hannity... You have to respect. <laughs> we can't get single payer, which is not even socialized. Medi- you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think what Medicare for all would be. That's what Bernie wants. More, but even single payer, which is not mm-hmm. that extreme in comparison. Well, you know what is is not even like. Could you imagine even getting single payer in this country? This, no. Even if Bernie gets in, we talked about this on our first podcast. Why? Well, I just think Bernie's going to need a Senate. 
and that's going to be difficult. But or how? I mean, all oh, of it. No, he's going to be we all need all of it. And he needs Supreme Court. Supreme Court could just say, "Oh, single payer is unconstitutional." If the case, that's a little hyperbolic, but it could happen. I wouldn't be surprised. It could happen. Well, now um, we have fucking Gorsuch, oh, and who knows what else? He's going to be there for fifty years. He's forty. He's like old, upper forties. Anyway, uh, probably not fifty, but forty. It's going to be forty years. A comedy of errors. <laughs> no. Oh, what else I was going to say? Because you brought up the Overton window, and then we brought up that. And then I was going to say capitalism on the... Okay, I forgot what I was going to say. Do we want to move on to Stormy Daniels? Yeah, go ahead. So lay, lay on... What I was going to bring up my point, because I don't know how many people will find this interesting, is that the, 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 from the uh, chair psychologist perspective of my brain, I find <laughs> it very interesting that anyone who attacks Trump or makes a claim, he immediately denies vociferously, strongly, and then chastises them immensely in the media stormy daniels has come out many times saying she had an affair with him saying she got money from him showing proof of this or not showing proof of the payment because because the guy used a trump um email or a trump and he doesn't say shit about it he doesn't say a single word about this woman who claims he had an affair which leads me to just on a just a rational conclusion with really no proof is that she has unrefutable evidence of something, either a text message or a dra- or Monica Lewinsky dress or something. Or a picture. That, yeah. Well, a picture, yeah. A picture of Trump's dick. <laughs> no, this was it's somebody like, Somebody posted this on Twitter. It turned out to be fake, but that uh, her attorney had said they have a picture of his dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so no, hopefully we. I, well, I think I, we I, buy, I would buy that she has proof of something. She yes. has physical evidence that he cannot take away of something, or else he would drill the fuck out of her. And obviously, they. <laughs> and obviously, uh, so this again, I'm, I may have caught in a bias here, but and I also rationalize she. He paid her off. Yeah. So you only pay some off if they can get you, dude. Look how much shit this guy denies. He would deny the pussy tape if they didn't have him walk out of that. Oh, speaking yeah. of speaking of, Billy Bush was on Bill Maher's show was on Friday he? night. Yeah. What does he? I've never listened to Bill. All I know is Billy Bush's way to the bushes. So I have no idea what the fuck. I didn't know zero about fucking Billy yeah. Bush. Well, he's not but, a political guy. Um, I think it's funny that, and he brought this up that he got, or maybe Bill brought this up that, you know, he got fired, but nothing happened to Trump. Like what mm-hmm. the fuck? Like what? And that's what you talk about with the was it the you called it outrage demurred outrage or you, we, we lose track of the outrage you called it the outrage machine is gone or you lose oh, track okay. of the outrage machine like everyone just tunes out because the outrage is well, too it much keep, it keeps coming well, it's like, a cognitive it, overload it's Hi- never ending yeah. hypernormalization sorry I, I saw someone that's like the scientific nerd. The Hyper, Adam, hypernormalization Adam Curtis yes is the term where just all everything gets normalized because like we're bombing Yemen every day <laughs> no the reason we've normalized bombing Yemen is because no one knows about it <laughs> that's not or cares it's not, like, um I don't even think you can make the judgment that they care just because no one knows. But I agree that even if we knew, even that, if they probably, did that's know, probably true. That's probably they'd be true. like, you know, I mean, that's just like me knocking on the they're doors. Just, they're We're just keeping us Yemen. free. They're they are people would just think, oh no, that oh the they're just keeping us free. They're protecting us, protecting our freedoms by killing innocent. Yes. Well, I guess not all. I mean, some terrorists mm-hmm. did use Yemen as a haven, but still, it's still fucked up. Oh, it's everything we've done in the Middle East. We're just Africa creating more terrorists. Probably reprehensible. People in North Korea from our bombing of the Korean War in the fifties still run into landmines in North Korea from what we did in the fifties. 
they still just boop. One guy's just just a random probably slave because North Korea is not the nicest place. Just blows up. Happens all the time. <laughs> hit off, hit a landmine we put there. No, um, I don't know what's gonna happen in our lifetime. I don't know if the U.S. can keep up this imperial hegemony forever. I mean, I think the cracks are absolutely showing. And I, like I said, I mean, the Iraq invasion of Iraq was oh, yeah, the start of it. Oh, yeah, you were saying how that would be. I think oh, I said that in another podcast with someone else. That will be the, the like with the history books. They know, If you notice, that's the first time that Europe really, like our allies and our NATO allies mm-hmm. didn't back us. They shouldn't. Which is, in, <laughs> which is an yeah. interesting development, you know what I mean? Yeah, because even like in Vietnam. Given the history. Well, going back to like the first, even... You know, fast forward to the first Gulf conflict, that was pretty, I mean, that gained some, like, I think, I don't think we just threw their UN resolutions to the side at that point. There was a, there was at least like a pretense of a, of an international community at that point. But Mm -hmm. we had just the UK role with this essentially. Yeah. In terms of allies. No, I, um. I'm trying to get this guy named Alfred McCoy on who wrote in this book, The Rise and Decline of um, the American Century or the American Empire. And he talks about how he thinks there's the big, it's, we've now lost our power, lost our seat as the sole superpower. And now it's us in China and how the whole spectrum is going to change because now there's two of equal strength. And we're fading and we're going to become, we're, yeah, we're, I'm afraid we're going to be, we're fading and they're rising. I'm afraid that we're going to become this trend this overton window trend is just going to push farther and farther right as the empire collapses and as that's what yeah so would you because i kind of see it as neoliberalism has resulted in i would call it like phony fascism just because trump isn't a fascist i think pence are way closer ideologically to to fascism and actually implementing it policy-wise and that's mostly what i care about is the policy i don't care about the tweets i care a lot more if he nukes somebody obviously Right. Or if he repealed Obamacare or whatever. Um, True. Uh, which, um, thanks to John McCain having fucking brain cancer, um, somehow felt to, to vote that as a no. But um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I think we are living in very turbulent times in our in our lifetimes, so way more than our parents saw. Oh, absolutely. Grew up in America. Um, also that darn climate change. But it's true. Holy shit. Uh, I just got a text message saying that there was just a, another bombing at the Goodwill at Slaughter and Brody. Is are we close to that? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. that's, that's right around the fucking corner, dude. Okay. Jesus Christ. I mean, you hear, I hear sirens in the background. Holy shit. Uh, I gotta look this up. Slaughter and Brody. So it was another one? And just one? I just got the text, so let's see. Oh, someone texting you? Or you yeah, see somebody. T- I'm looking at the at my phone right now. Uh, uh, I don't see anything. I don't see any new. Let's see. Let's do the news. Another reported package explosion in Austin injures one official. Say, what? Did the Unabomber do it all across the country? The explosion at a mail facility. Oh, wait. This is... Uh, this is not... A- okay, wait. Explosion occurred on a at a Goodwill store on Brody Lane. Yet another Tuesday evening. <laughs> Holy shit. Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. Hazmat Task Force 9801, Brody at Goodwill. Austin Fire on the scene reported package explosion. 
One reported injured and crews are evacuating the building. A male with potentially serious injuries was taken for treatment, and the injuries are not expected to be life-threatening, according to Travis County EMS. Maybe I should get scared now. Woo! That's fucking... Oh, oh God. Woo. <laughs> Maybe I should get scared now. Uh, Jesus Christ. That's making my... I'm head. not ordering anything. <laughs> I'm adopting your no-Amazon policy. Woo! That is real close. Yeah. That is real fucking close to us, man. Holy shit. There you go. No, I think we... Americans, we live in this kind of soapbox where... Yeah, definitely a with, bubble. With technology, it's so easy to escape. Right. Like I... <laughs> uh, I'm not going to tell that story. But um, I know technology, like they do um, studies of how Facebook use increases depression. Yeah. Because you sense. feel like you're, you're missing out. You're comparing yourself um, to What's others? the kind of uh, little term? Um, FOMO. Yeah. Fear of missing out. That's kind of the Q term. But it increases that off the chain. And that exists. But the thing is in like... Modern, if you want to think about most of our existence, we've been cavemen or homogeneous homo sapiens. So mostly we just see what's right in front with us and interact with it. So now that we can see what's happening a mile away, five miles away, a country away, we get jealous. Our, our, our emotions are contradicted onto that. Yeah. And I also found this, saw this really interesting study how apparently when we see a human on TV, our brains are, are not adapted enough to dissociate Kim Kardashian or t- uh, Justin Timberlake from our next door neighbor. So we think we should just have just, we, get, we our brains want to build just as much relationship as the people we see on TV, who we may see more of than our next door neighbor. We can't distinguish between those two. And um, that's why we f- some people feel such in love with these bands or TV shows or celebrities that they never fucking meet. Because your brain cannot actually tell the difference. It just sees human, human. And the TV is good enough that you can you can see them in high definition. <sighs> Holy shit, that's wild. Oh, man. And the thing is, Facebook knows this and leverages against you because they're crazy. I'm having a hard time concentrating uh, on the podcast with this. Are you getting tweets still? I I just got two texts, texts. From, from friends okay. about the explosion. So. I'm sorry, man. How are you feeling? Let me interview I, you. Um, definitely... It's unsettling as fuck, okay. honestly. I have no, ner- you know what I mean. It's like, have you ever had a tragic experience? No, not really. Nothing no. like, nothing like this. I mean, not 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 even like break your leg at soccer camp or something. Uh, not really, no. Yeah. Cool. Me it's fucking wild. Not, not not for me really that much either. Um. <sighs> but uh, I guess let's let's move on, man. Let's talk. Um, I want to hear about. You said that. You have uh, joined the Austin DSA? Yes, Democratic Socialists of America. I actually really like... um, I don't know if we can reform... um, What Sorry, governmental, what do you call the highest left? Federal politics? Senator, basically, you know, the the Constitution, the Senate, the... um, Right, the federal government. I I think that's completely corrupted, and unless... um, I kind of like... I was was hearing this quote the other day. I forgot who said the former... um, Wesley Clark, he ran for president, former defense secretary, said... The only way things are changing is blood in the streets. And I don't know if I'm that radical, but I'm moving in that direction. Not to say that I invoke violence, but um, to tell ExxonMobil to shut the fuck up and Goldman Sachs is going to take the movement of all movements. Right. It's going to take a colossal effort. They do not, they will not give up easily. Um, But anyway, so back to um, DSA. If anyone ever wants to check out the Austin chapter, I think is really good. I've never been to another chapter, so I have no idea. 
is that they focus on local things. So they just got paid sick days for everyone in Austin, paid sick leave. So if you work 30 hours, you get one hour of paid sick leave. That used to not be true. Your private employer had to give you paid sick days beforehand. Now it's legal. It was, um, it, you must give it. It's um, federally regulated. It's government regulated. Um, by the Austin. city, by the city, by the not city federal of Austin. or state. Yeah, sorry. This is I just said federally, local. But the, um, they're actually worried because the state in a year, after a year waiting period, they can challenge it. So they're worried about that because that happened for some other regulation that I'm not sure of. They were talking about that. Well, so, it was. I know that Lyft and Uber, yes. the fingerprinting that the city had instituted had gotten over uh, mm-hmm. over overruled. Yes. So um, what I liked about that is I helped campaign for that a little bit. I came in late, but it made me feel really accomplished because um, I actually went to the committee me- meeting and saw the mayor and all the other people vote on it. So he was like 30 feet from me and I could, we were all yelling at them when we booed <laughs> and cheered and he, the motherfucker was right there. Like he was not, and he, he came up and shook all the hands. Mr. Steve Adler, I believe is his name. And I said, Mr. Adler, thank you. I mean, he voted for it. So just the fact that like, it's kind of like Steve Jobs said, like the fact that you can push, like you can um, go out and touch life and it's going to react to you. Like that was the feeling I got with politics. And that's how fo- politics should be. It yeah. shouldn't be like, oh, no, please, Bernie Sanders, please, Obama, do the right thing. Don't do the drone strikes or whatever. It's like, oh, I can vote your ass out. Like you like it's politics. I've heard this well said is a game of fear. And you feel like you can actually instill fear in these people Like you can fucking yell at him. He's right there. Not, yeah. I, I don't, again, I'm not doing violence, but like you would be like, hey, dude, if you don't do this, dude, look, there's 200 people here who will gladly vote your ass out. And look how hard we worked for paid sick days. Anyway, um, I also like DSA because um, something I was sad is so I like to read a lot. And so I'm studying, trying to study Marx and all these people. And they have these pictures of Marx, but everyone I talked to had knew nothing about left theory or like just ideology of the left. And very few people had read had read Marx, and I haven't read Marx yet. I've read the Communist Manifesto, which is 30 pages. If you want to get into leftism, that's pretty much the easiest document. Um, it's not too, it's, it's not the common, it's socialism. He's talking about that, but he's, um, it's called the Communist Manifesto. Um, and I, but I think it's great because they all work for things and they do understand intersectionality. That's the one thing I would say. And um, something I've been doing is I, um, I joined the anti-war, anti-imperialism group. And so um, it's with all these veterans um, the people who started it um, jumped Vietnam, or what's it called? They 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 were old, young enough to be in the draft, but they just skipped it. So uh, conscientious objectors. Yeah, they were conscientious. The they're seven. They're like seventy five. They're seventy four, seventy four, seventy five, and seventy three. And so they're old because you have to be that old to have been eligible for the draft back then. But um, they they're it's so awesome talking about them. They're one of the some of the smartest people because they they know about Iran, like the coup. They know about all the coups. They 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 because they're in veterans for peace. And they've been really objectifying this shit since the beginning. I mean, they fucking left, knew this war was bullshit, bullshit when um, the draft was. And they were explaining to me something really critical and why the anti-war movement sucks in America. The draft uh, puts everyone's ass in the fire because you can fucking go to war. So you're like, oh, this is all bullshit. Like you would actually take, it would motivate a lot more people, not everyone, to be like, oh, this is bullshit. Because right. you would look it up and, again, the evidence is um, myriad. But, um... They took that away because now they have enough people with private armies and we're just enough people sign up. And so uh, no one gives a shit. The anti-war movement is dormant. And I think that's just the perfect um, way of putting it, um, that they understand that. And also people just don't understand how much money goes to the military industrial complex. It's the biggest industry outside of Big Pharma that um, donates. But I think in terms of all-time government subsidies, we probably put more money into that than all else uh, just because World War II was a lot. Yeah. Well, it sounds. I mean, we maintain 
all the bases, all um, sp- uh, you know, hundreds of military bases across the globe. That costs a lot of money. A lot of military bases here in the U.S., many of which are like pet projects for, mm-hmm. you know, senators or what have you know. People yeah. are arguing for those jobs in their particular state or city mm-hmm. or you know whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But there's um there's like an anti there's all these groups you can find fa- fa- if you see a um a justice problem in any category they let you make a group and so like. Um, what I do like is at the main meeting, the anti-queer coalition, sorry, not anti-queer, the queer coalition, LGBTQ, um, does talks and they do um, have intersectionality where they will talk to the anti-war movement and see how maybe like um, having patriarchy uh, helps out war. I think it, it to some level it does. I don't know enough to understand how it does, but it, I think it does. And so like a rape culture... Uh, facilitates you know more aggress- more aggression and gun laws and it, it really when you actually start talking about it, you're like holy shit this is all intersectional oh for sure and um i like that it's definitely not perfect but the thing is like again i'm i feel like to get what i want um what i want i always i just thought of this like a month ago i cannot vote for it will never be on the ballot like yeah, I, I think i think it's safe to say so i'm not i'm not going to try to complain here cooper but it, it's just sad that once you realize that um and I don't know if what I'm doing actually is a measurable component, but you feel like you you actually, like I said, like you can just yell at the mayor. Right. Like Direct when, action. When am I going to fucking yell at Paul Ryan? Like, so <laughs> just being able to know like that just at least makes you sleep well at night. Whether you yeah. actually, the school, whether you could sleep well at night, but not know what the school board is. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. And gotcha. that's what I, that's what I feel like. I'll never, like if you say like, oh, you've barely done anything. Like, yeah, but our whole world is burning right now. <laughs> We should we should do something. Um, do you do you have any thoughts about DSA? I am hoping to. Now that I have Saturdays off, I'm hoping to start it. I'm going to try to attend. I think the next meeting is the mm-hmm. is this upcoming Saturday. So yes. So hopefully, if I'm don't get fucking blown up apparently by random. Please don't bomb. Yeah. Hopefully, no. They don't send a package to DSA. Oh, Jesus Christ. I heard another siren just a minute ago. That's that's mm-hmm. just kind of fucking with me. Um, but you said as well that you also went to a Communist Party meeting. Yes, Tell I us a little bit the, about that. Okay, I the, is it just called the Communist Party of America? I don't. I think, think CSA. Yeah. Yeah, CSA. So I went or the only. C, so at CPA this DSA something? general meeting, there's like fifty to hundred people. Yeah. At I've only been to two DSA meetings. Um, at the Communist Party, there was five people. Oh wow! So uh, <laughs> we read. Um, Two older gentlemen. And the thing was, I, I this is even hard to believe. I only read this shit. That's why I think it's so important to understand history, because I only read about Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King to me is a folk hero just as like Bigfoot is. And I've right, seen a statue. Like George Washington. Yeah, like George Washington. But um what I was gonna say, oh, um, we had a communist party in the thirties. They helped push Roosevelt to the New Deal. The Wobblies, it's called, was another socialist group and the com literally we had a it was named the Communist Party. It's been destroyed because the um the right has been very good, whatever, the neoliberals, I don't know what you want to call it, has been very good at destroying the left. I think they fragment it. I think it's done very on purpose. I, at least some people know. It's very well done anyway. I I, I, I applaud them for destroying the Well, the, the CIA, left. The CIA um, yeah, I the think CIA supposedly got really involved. At, um, yeah, yeah, they were fucking with the, I think the Communist Party in America, whatever the official The FBI is. Um, threatened Martin Luther King um, being, they were going to out him as gay when he wasn't. They were going to out him. I think he did truly cheat on his wife, and they were just going to out that because they knew that he 
cheated on his wife or cheated on his ex-wife and no one knew anyway he's dude he was a regular guy he died so young martin luther king it was like he only he started when he was 24 and then he died when he was like 34 because that whole reign like anyway um he was just a, it's nice to read about him because he was a real human being like he would he um was would yell and just couldn't take the stress sometimes anyway i i respect him a lot because like being his age i'm just like damn that's just a, the the shoulders the shoulders and then you get shot um, but at the Communist Party, back to that, we read Karl Marx's Capital. We read the first chapter and we discussed it. And um, we didn't get to my, my what I think the most important thing about Karl Marx is, which is the his idea of class. That essentially that there will always be conflict as long as classes exist. As long as even if there's two classes, it will be one has to be higher than another by the definition of class. One will be higher and the point of a revolution in the car and to be a Marxist, I would say, is the revolution will end class and thus end conflict within class and thus at least be the start of ending all wars and conflict. And I agree with that. I think it's more complicated. I think Marx didn't see the rise of technology being the way it is. I don't think a lot of the philosophers could have seen technology. And I'm not blaming him for this. I just think there's new eras to talk about how technology can truly control all of us now. And it can watch all of us. And before technology had a limit, and now it doesn't. Yeah. Well, I think the idea that the revolution is is unavoidable. I don't know if that's true. You know what I mean? I think oh, that, that capitalism was like the, will push us into a revolution. Well, that the yeah. Okay, because that's definitely his. He literally says it's well, a revolutionary it's ideology. Historical materialism. Yeah. Well, I think. We live in different times, just on two, two, two main issues, but on many... Technology is one. But there's two others besides technology, I would say. Nuclear. So we do have the capacity just to, just to kill everyone. Just to fucking do it. Um, and climate change. We can do permanent damage to the planet. So <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem. But I think Karl Marx was right on capitalism eating itself. That capitalism had a self-annihilatic quality. Um, unfettered, unregulated capitalism, as he puts it. And um, God damn, he was good on that. On that prediction, I will say he was perfect. He's not perfect on everything, though. Anyway, right. I don't know all of his seances, but people say, you know, with the fall of Berlin Wall, Marxism failed. But I think Marx, Marx, Marx becomes more prevalent every day. I would say I'm interested to hear, because you also have uh, the uh, theoreticians like Emil Durkheim and... Max Weber, who also had... Weber. Weber's a good one. Weber? Weber. Weber. He's, he's a German. Uh, but those two thinkers have, I think, very great insights that also, that maybe Marx didn't tap into so much in his critique. I think absolutely the, the, the Marxist critique of capital and capitalism is necessary and it's an important and it's definitely important to know. I don't know if instituting you know the dictatorship of the proletariat is necessarily something that i'm i'm more in the anarchist vein of we need to destroy all all hierarchies and create more but isn't uh, horizontal okay. power isn't getting rid of class that's in your vein of doing that though isn't it right but it's the method to achieve that oh, that okay. is different right so you said i just read a book on anarchy uh, noam chomsky identifies as an anarchist and i read his book on it it's on anarchism it's a very short book but um i agree with you that's how he defined anarchy is that every um every hierarchical relationship 
any relationship authority should be constantly challenged. So, for instance, he says, this is literally a quote from the book, he says, like, oh, a parent helping a kid off the street, like, t leading his hands to cross the street, that's a valid power relationship. Um, a banker should be, <laughs> a banking system should be constantly challenged, or whatever. Have you ever Googled Murray Bookchin? I've not. Is he, <laughs> what, who is he? Um, it's funny, because it's kind of a, become a meme or an inside joke on a lot of the, on the left is Murray Bookchin, who is a anar anarchist thinker, um, one of the more contemporary. He's dead now, but I believe, but he's definitely more of a modern thinker. Because you know, when it comes to anarchy, you have Proudhon and Kropotkin, Bakunin, Bakunin. Like those are the th those are those guys are you know. I want to read Bakunin. I have this long list, dude. Once you start reading all the great motherfuckers who's smart. Bakunin's on my list, though. I um I haven't read the other two guys, though. I forget who wrote the bread book. Okay. Uh, I'd have to look. You gotta look it up. Yeah, I don't know how. But uh, definitely Murray yeah. Bookchin is more of a like he's a 20th century. Do you think anarchy gets a really bad rap, and that people just think it's like chaos, and it literally everything's on fire? Yes. But it really just means a challenge to constitute power. It just means challenge power by all the like. Well, whatever. I mean, like you have two. I mean. Anarch because anarchists are communists as well, but at least the real, like the left anarchy. Yeah. So there's, yeah. Th so that's an interesting thought you just put up. Is there, there's anarchists on the right and there's anarchists on the left. There's anarcho-communists, there's an anarcho-syndicalists, which is our anarchists of the left. And then you can be an anarcho-capitalist, technically. I yeah. Know, I don't know what the hell your ideology would be, but I've heard that before. You s basically you support... <laughs> The fucking support, Mad Max society. You support Mad Max, just everyone, but everyone free trades. It's just, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> everyone free trades. You're free to work I'm for will, fucking... I'm willing to trade with you unless oil's under your land, then I will drop oil. Okay, so it's the, the Conquest of Bread is by Peter Kropotkin. Okay. Oh, Kropotkin, yeah. I've heard him before, I think. But Murray Bookchin is, it's it's kind of a joke, Um People are always like so on like anarchist leftist subs. People are like Google Murray Bookchin, <laughs> and it's become a meme at this point. Okay, so he's the guy. But he's I may have to read him. Bookchin is legit, dude. So. Um, I fucking agree. But uh, I'm I'm about ready to to call it a day. We have explosions so. in our explosions. vicinity. I want to get you home safe okay. and sound. Thank you. I want to, uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do okay. <laughs> for the rest of my don't evening. open the door. All uh, right. No, trip wires. no fucking. Dude, the yeah. trip wire is the scariest one. At least oh, the no, package you're like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway. But fuck, I mean, going to public places now, because there's obviously this happened at, at a fucking Goodwill. Uh, like, that's pretty, that's creepy, man. Yeah. That's fucking creepy. Mm -hmm. It is. Okay, so. <laughs> thank you, Cooper. thank you, Cooper. Yeah, um, thanks for coming on again. And uh, before we sign off, we need to tell tell everyone where they can find your podcast. Stillcyclewarfare.com. Um, I may buy psychologicalwarfare.fm just to have the full name, but it's still such a long name. I don't think pe people like short names to type. That's why Facebook and Twitter are so short. But uh, psychowarfare.com, and then it's, like he said at the beginning, thank you, Cooper, Psychological Warfare with AJ Norton. What about twi Twitter? You are at on Cycle Twitter. At Psycho Warfare HQ headquarters because psychological warfare can't fit in there. Um, restricted. Do you have a, Do you have a Discord or you have a like? What you have something out Periscope? What do, you, what do I you do, do do Periscopes? You can see that from Twitter. I it, it's attached to Twitter. Just follow me on Twitter. I would love it. 
Um, I do do periscopes. Um, not much following there. It's it's a lo- it's a lonely day, but um, I love I do love podcasting. I love talking to you, Cooper. Nice. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. We'll definitely have you have you on again in the future. But we are signing off from podcast. Hopefully, I will be back next week.